Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Surprise when you wake up and see somebody that has hair up here, I know. Uh, I love you, Barry. And he's like, a, uh, he's like an unborn brother. It's so ironic that when I came over, uh, he, and I, he and I have joined tightly at the hip. Of course, my name is Stephen Harrell. I'm the head of school. And uh, Barry and I work directly together with uh, things here at the church and, you know, happenings within the school. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's unreal whenever you, when he and I started talking and we started developing a relationship together of uh, his dad passing at the same time that my dad passed and kind of the story of him being injured and ended his college career in athletics and, you know, uh, playing football, having the same number. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But uh, the story today, you may see it behind you here, is uh, Shaking Not Stirred. That's going to be the sermon today. If you're, if you're a James Bond fan... You have, uh, you have heard 007 say that a time or two, but, you know, the stirring part of it deals with, you know, you think about the Israelites and being 40 years in the desert and they just stirred around because of, you know, almost a lack of faith in believing what was going to happen when they were talked about with the promised land and everything around. But, uh, you know, the goal of today is that uh, we listen when God speaks and, uh, <clears throat> Barry told me, he said, look, you know, don't be scared of a short sermon. I said, well, brother, I I feel like I got to give a little testimony, man, because I can't just run in and run out. Because what God has done with our school and uh, what God has done somewhat in my life as well. And, uh, you know, with that, 23 years in education, and uh, I was contemplating getting out and just pursuing ministry full time. And uh, I was living in Mississippi. My family, that's where we were raised up and uh, had been around just, you know, hadn't moved very often. Hunter was raised up for about, I don't know, 12 years in the same house. And so, uh, you know, the year before we came here, we had sold our house because we thought we were going to be moving somewhere else. And so we rented for a year, which was really ironic of how God had set all of that up. And uh, it had freed us up from several things. And so, you know, when the position becomes available here, where they're actually, I'm sorry, Jacob, but, you know, I was looking at the position of a campus pastor and a youth pastor that was here. And uh, I sent my resume into Barry, and Barry called me the next morning. He was like, dude, I've gotten 30-something resumes, man. He said, and you, you, you're the first guy that I've called. And I was contemplating with the ministry side of it, and God so eloquently just bounced that ball back to me. And he said, man, we need a head of school. He said, you've got all this experience. And I thought, well, you know, this may be God. Because at that time, I was an interim pastor somewhere at the little church called Pinola Baptist Church. And uh, just, you know, going, serving in administrative capacity and then going and preaching there on Sundays. And uh, I was thinking if that was the next phase of my life or not and uh, trying, to, trying to get a hold of that. And so God... You know, when Barry and I talked, 
for about an hour and a half on the phone. Then I went through, from there, I went through about 18 hours of interviews. Uh, not to mention how much time I spent walking around the campus just trying to get a feel of the Holy Spirit and where we were as a school before, you know, I would bring my family. But golly, guys, look, when God spoke to me that day, and I knew when I got off the phone with Barry, irregardless of the time that I was fixing to spend going through multiple other interviews, I knew that it was right. He told me, he said, man, I knew that you were, he said, we had found what God had been putting on our hearts. And uh, so, you know, for, for me especially to listen to God and to uproot my family. And my wife and I had made a decision that, uh, you know, we were going to go to a place that we knew absolutely no one. We had no connections here. Uh, we had no friends here. We had, we had nothing. And, uh, you know, and to completely start over, you know, because we get comfortable in places that we are because we have folks that we know you know, you've established a work ethic. They know how you are. They know what you do. And uh, it, it was just a, it was really, it took a huge, huge amount of faith for us to be willing to go and do that. And uh, so we did it. And look, here we are, man. And the, the, the crazy part about this was, you know, we got over here and, and we, were, we were living in a camper back here because our house was supposed to, supposed to sell. I mean, uh, uh, we'd found a house. And here's another crazy part of that. You know, my buddy that I'd coached, I'd actually mentored him in coaching. He said, hey, my mom's got a house over there for sale. And, uh, you know, if you want to look at it, I thought, no, nah, man, there's no way. It's not going to be between my job and my wife's job. Because she had found a job here teaching as well in McDonough. And, you know, of course, it's, you know, 25 minutes for me. It's about 35 minutes for her. And. We walked up to it after we met with a realtor for two or three days and nothing felt good. We walked up to that house and we were like, this is it. This is it. I walked through the door and it was like war room. There had been two old ladies that had been living there. I mean, they had, been, I mean, they had prayed so much in that house. And I was just like, it gives me chills right now talking about it. And I was like, this is home, man. This is crazy. So anyway, you know, God worked all that out. I mean, it just, it was just one thing after another, and of course, you know, in the process, she had some tax stuff on the house, and had to, it took a little while, and we started living in the camper, and Heidi was struggling with her job, and, uh, and Hunter was there, and he was like, Dad, I just, I don't, I don't like living on campus, and uh, so all of a sudden, she wasn't liking her job, we were going through the, the beginning part of the school year, and trying to get the house closed, and uh, it was kind of dragging out. Hunter, you know, when, when all of a sudden it was bad enough and my wife was upset about her situation. I knew it was going to be a transition, you know. Uh, it would probably be a little easier for me than it would be for her. But, you know, when, when Hunter was struggling with just kind of being accepted and, and fitting in, man, the game got real for me then, you know. Because it, not, it, was, it was, I mean, the, the ones that I had brought with me, I thought that was, you know, God, you got to help me here now. Look, I'm trying to follow your will, and, you know, we're circling the wagons here, and my family is hurting. And, uh, and just shortly after that, lifted it off. We closed the house. Man, it's been so much better. Hunter has fit in and, and, uh, and done well. And my wife has come to realization, hey, look, there's other jobs that are available as well if I need to go. Or, you know, there's and just 
realizing, hey, did God put me here as a ministry of where I'm at? So there's, there's parts that she's growing in and that as well. But, you know, being here now, present day, guys, it's been, I, I, I talked to my staff one day and uh, our teachers and everything there at, at Central, and I said, let me tell you what, it was two pages, two, listen, two pages that I'd written out of what God had done just since I had arrived in June. And it was incredible. I mean, thing after thing after thing. And it became so evident that it was almost like I could see the footsteps, the dust being kicked up by God or the Holy Spirit right in front of us. But there was a fog where I couldn't see, but I knew that we were on the trail of, of doing exactly what God was having us to do. And the anointingness that was over the school and over Pastor Barry and myself as just being leaders here and, and doing stuff, and, you know, it, it, it was just incredible. And I could give you an example. I mean, just one example was a few weeks ago, you know, we needed another computer. So I was like, I looked at uh, the assistant head of school and I gave her the card and I was like, go buy us another computer. The next day, there's a, there's a parent that shows up and she says, my parents came across a little bit of money and it, is there a need for the school? They'd like to donate or do something. I was like, oh, yes, we need some lab carts. And what does she do? Hey, $5,000 is given to us, and we're able to buy two lab carts. And, and I mean, we we're in the process trying to get that ready for the student. I mean, just, but it's like that over and over and over and over again. But, you know, the next part is just the, the listening to God and part of the message, you know, shaken, not stirred. And, you know, I feel like God has, has used me in my faithfulness. But now, now God has stepped up. And, uh, you know, I, I've stood up here and, and some of my staff is here today. And I love you guys and I appreciate you guys for being here with their families. You know, God, God is pulling things out of me right now and working on my heart. He is shaking me because of things that are just, you know, hurts and pains that are in my past. And uh, one in particular was, you know, I was previously married, and uh, my wife and I both were, were both previously married, and, uh, you know, uh, there, there was some, you know, infidelity in that part of it where the other person wasn't being faithful. And so with that, you know, I just, I couldn't, you know, I mean, you either raise a child in a broken home or either living in a broken home. And so I went through that aspect as did she. And so when we met, we both promised, look, let's be committed to each other 110%. So my family is yours, mine, and ours. I've got, I had mine, I, you know, she had one of hers, and then we had Hunter together. And, uh, but man, shortly after the, the divorce, I've got, you guys, Several of you have seen my one daughter. She's about 6'1". She's beautiful. Just a sweetheart. And uh, she's a senior this year. But I've got another one that's uh, just as beautiful as she is. But her mother turned her against me. And uh, just telling her all these lies. She didn't know what to believe, but she was there more than she was with me. And, uh, and she began to believe those lies. And uh, it just it tainted our relationship to where she didn't even want to be around me. Uh, to the extent of about 10 years, you know. And uh, I tried when my father passed away. 
seven years ago at the funeral. Uh, I tried again when we were about four years away when uh, Kinsley graduated eighth grade. I know that's weird. I mean, I don't know why you graduate to eighth grade because you ain't graduating from nothing. But anyway, you know, she graduated. Yeah, I was proud of that. I knew she was going to graduate. But, you know, you, the pain on that was so rough that, you know, guys, you understand what I'm fixing to say. Women do a whole lot better job of, of dealing with this. But guys, we tend to encapsulate some pain. And then eventually we kind of bury it down. And then we kind of cover it up. And we move on with life, not dealing with that pain. Well, I can't say not dealing with it because there were a whole lot of tears that were shed and a lot of stuff that was done that, you know, I, don't know, I can tell you a time that I was riding back from Alabama because the guy that she was seeing when she was married to me, they moved to Alabama. And I was still in Mississippi, so all of a sudden my kids were gone. So it changed a lot there with the complexity, obviously. But, you know, so I traveled a bunch. But I was driving back because, uh, you know, it was one of those times when, you know, she didn't really want to see me. And I was crying, man. I was driving back. I remember passing by Morton, Mississippi. All right, around Forest and all that on 20, heading back. And uh, I was in tears in the car. And God said, now you feel what I feel. And I thought, oh, oh. I mean, it's like he's in the back seat. And I wrote it down in my Bible because you guys know me. When you, when you have those moments, man, and I thought, I cannot see God. I understand. So I can imagine you looking down here, and not only have you lost, I've lost one in a relationship. How many have you lost in the relationship of those not seeking you or, or looking for you? And how much God's heart has to hurt knowing what's out there, and they just don't come to him. So, you know, through this faith, man, through this faith of coming over here and through you know, the, God is, God is, he has shaken me, and he has shaken me and pulled this back up. And, uh, you know, in January, when we came off Christmas break, we had chapel up here with our staff. And for whatever reason, God put it on my heart to, uh, to bring that up. And, Lord, I was crying. Hey, it was crazy. You know, then I had some staff that shared as well about similar situations. And I walked in the bathroom, I was like, God, you know, it's, I'm a protector. I mean, I protect the teachers, I'm going to protect whoever, I'm just, that's just how I was built and to be. I thought, God, why don't you just let me seem so weak right there? Why, why, why did you do that? And, you know, and so I, I didn't really get an answer, but I was just upset that I was in front. And then uh, a couple of teachers came to me and they said, look, we just want you to know that we were glad to see that side of you because we're going to be praying for restoration in that relationship. And we needed to see a side of you that, that really showed as far as how much you love and how vulnerable you can be. And so ironically, you know, I knew that, oh man, we got a couple of, ooh, we got a couple of prayer warriors that are in the school that are, you know, just like the ladies off war room. So when that, when that was revealed, I thought, all right, here we go, God. You, you're bringing this to the surface because you're doing something in my life. And uh, so, you know, with that, I, I, I say that because, you know, I, I feel like as I get ready to start our sermon and go through a couple of points here, that, you know, God is shaking my heart because of 
clearing up things and making me whole to even further lead our school and to further be the person that he wants me to be. And God is going to pick up things in your life as well. And he's going to shake you. Amen. He's going to shake you. And look, when he does, you're going to be thinking, what's going on? What's, what's happening? But God is going to be preparing you for the next phase of your life and cleaning up things in your life. And you know, it's, it's, it's awesome because I, I can't imagine God using me in, in any ways better than he already has. But the fact that, you know, he wants there to be a righteousness within. Like Barry and I are doing things discipline-wise and challenge each other. And, uh, you know, but in order to do something, you've got to be able to do it and you're all in. You've got to be 110%. And so those, those chains or those things that bind me, you know, God is, God is bringing restoration to that. Uh, I reached out yesterday actually to call my daughter. I face, tried to FaceTime her, and uh, she didn't answer. But, you know, that will, that will come. That will definitely come. Because uh, there were some things that were revealed to, to both my daughters uh, about their mom. And so, you know, God has revealed some truth there. And, uh, and just know that that relationship, I know... God is in it, man, so I know I've got to hold on because I'm on a roller coaster here, and I can imagine what he's fixing to be doing. Uh, he's, fixed, he's, fixing to, he's fixing to get real for Stephen Harrell, you know, but I'm ready. So as we get ready to move into our text today, it's Hebrews 12. Uh, it'll be 25 through 29. Uh, Hebrews 12, 5 reads, um, See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape, when they refused him, who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from his want, he who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but, not, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicate the moving of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably in reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And look, basically the first point here is do not reject the one who thinks, the, the, the one who speaks. I mean, God's, God's voice is so clear in what he does. And, you know, my, my point under there is when God spoke at, at Sinai, he shook the earth. And then when your world is shaken, it's because God is talking to you. Don't, don't get confused when there, when there are things that are going on in your world. And this is a key point right here. At this point... A lot of the times when, when, there's, when there's a little bit of disturbance or disruption from what our normal life is, we tend to go to other people. We tend to, hey guys, man, can you, can you pray for me for this or can you do this? Or, you know, or, or, or we, run to, we run to some other type of support when what's God really wanting us to do. God's really wanting us to come to our knees and go directly to him and focus on him. God wants us to focus on him telling us and wanting us to learn. What's the goal of the shaking? 
God's removal of the hindrances that are in our life. See, it's kind of like loosening our grip on created physical things. See, God wants you not to hold on to those things that are around you, but to look and hold on to him. You know, we think about Jericho there when, uh, when the walls came tumbling down, and there was one point right there where Rahab was in there, if you guys remember that. You know, they go around, they go around, they go around, all the walls fall down except one part. Everything was loose except the one part where Rahab had been in there and how awesome that story was. So, you know, we tend to grasp hard on, on things that are around us. And look, guys, that can be, you know, that can be things that we idle, man. That can be stuff that we, we think about if it's, you know, Stuff that takes our eyes on off the prize of Jesus. And that can be, as much as I love football, that can be, you know, going and watching a football game versus being where I need to be in church or, you know, doing something on another night with a, with a practice and, and not being at an event or, you know, I love to hunt, you know, going hunting on Sunday morning when you should be in church. Stuff that we hold on to, that but as we get older and wiser, we understand to let go. Because God's going to shake those things away from us, you know. Well, one of the big things for me was he 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 races BMX bikes, you know. We were we were rolling along there in early part, you know, racing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it really it really came to it really came to me that and we're so far away from church and what we need to be doing because. It's, it's a race on Sunday. Where do we need to be? Where does he need to be? He doesn't need to be focused on trying to win a race. When the race is, you know, us racing against time to be as close as we can to the Lord and grow in his word. But those things that take us away, those physical things that take us away. You know, it's not fun, especially when we don't let go. Because guess what God's going to do? He's going to crank it up a little bit, baby. He's going he's gonna to shake that tree a little harder. He's going to shake you a little bit harder, making you let go of those things. Remember, God is treating you like his child, not your enemy. You know, we wonder, Hunter, Hunter has picked up on a time or two of, uh, he asked me one day, he's like, Dad, is, am I going through a test? He said, I feel like this is a test. I said, it is, son. It truly is. And I said, you know what? I said, Dad can fix this test for you. I said, I can, I, can, I can handle some things. But I said, if I do that, I want you to understand I'm saying that God's not good enough in what he's given you, what he's putting you through. And I'm not allowing you to learn the lesson that you need to learn from this. So you're going to have the freedom to be able to battle through this test. Now, I'll be here to love you, and I'll be here to pray for you. But I'm not going to step in and interfere. And as parents, that's what we do. I mean, we, we get in and we, we dig our babies out of something. You know, my daughter, the, the, the Kinsley, the one that I've had the relationship with, she has a scholarship to go play soccer. She tears up her knee, blows out her ACL. She uh, dislocates her patella tendon, and uh, she tears up her meniscus. This is just about, this is the last basketball game just a few weeks ago. And she's been in a state of depression. And, you know, I explained to her, which is exactly what old dad went through when I had a full scholarship to go play SEC football. You know, I said, baby, listen, 
I said, this is a test. This is a test. Okay? How are you going to respond? God has shaken your world up so much that you've thought all this time that it was all around athletics. And it's not. God has built you for something bigger than athletics. God has built you to be part of his kingdom and to go out there and make a difference for him. And she was like, Dad, I just, I said, I know, but I said, you're not mature enough yet. I know you're 18. I know you know everything. But I said, listen to Dad. I said, it's a test, baby. It's a test, you know. And I said, hey, how you respond to this, you can either respond, you can react to it, or either you can prepare and let God carry you through it, you know. Because this whole, and I've tried to preach to her, this whole follow your dreams, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, that's a lie. Because that's what society has told us all this time. Oh, you follow what God wants you to do. That's what you do. And you pray, God, give me the wisdom and direction to go where I need to go. Not where I want to go, because it's not about us. You know, when you give that up, it makes life so much easier, man. So much easier. You know, like we said, and, and, and when you reject this shaking, look, God clearly talks about it in the Word. And it's stages of discipline that you go through. There, and there are three stages. And, and, and I'll be glad to give you the information on that. But you have, you have a warning discipline. Then all of a sudden you have an intense discipline. And then guess what the final one is? final one is a dying discipline. So, I mean, you keep rejecting and keep rejecting and keep rejecting, and, and guess what? You're not going to be part of the plan, you know? And, uh, and that's exactly what, what the Israelites went through. That generation, if you remember, when they were stirring around the desert, did, did any of that generation ever get to make it to the promised land? No, none did. When Moses died off, then Joshua took over, and then, hey, then they're let in. So for 40 years... That non-believing generation, hey, the, the discipline was dying out. So, you know, God will take you out of the plan. But on the flip side, I believe, and, you know, this is, this is Stephen Harrell theory, so this is, this is not in the Bible, but and it may be I may have missed it. But, you know, if you're following God's plan, he's going to extend your time in doing his plan as well. Um. I'll give you an example of a guy, Rick Hughes, came and spoke to our kids and our faculty. Great guy. He spent his whole life, you know, he played at Alabama, those of you that are Alabama fans, he played for Bear Bryant. He's like 70, goodness gracious, he's 70, 75, 76, something like that. And uh, I mean, he played for the Hoss, you know. And, uh, he, but for 50-something years, he's done nothing but evangelize, speaking in schools. And for some reason, he said, Stephen, one day, man, I got a call to go to Kentucky and uh, go up there and go speak at a school. He said, I never spoke there before, but he said, I went on and went. Well, guess what? Rick gets up there, and when he gets done, he has a freaking heart attack, man. And uh, I mean, he's, he's about to die. And guess where they're located? Ah, just a mile or two from one of the main cardiac places in the United States. So, I mean, they rush him there. They, you know, get some open his chest up, put some stuff in, and do some things, and, you know, he, uh, I know, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm an old country boy, so I can't tell what all they, what all they did, but he, uh, and he's like, well, how am I going to get home, and all of a sudden, one of the guys at these priests at one of the schools uh, used somebody, and they sent a jet to go pick him up and bring him home, I mean, unbelievable, the 
but that's because he was listening to God. And uh, that old boy ain't supposed to be here, I promise you, man. He's not, but God's using him because he goes and commits his life to making a difference in schools. Every year, multiple schools, he goes and does that. And uh, so, you know, our, our, my, my second point is uh, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, you're part of his kingdom. You know, we, we do the Lord's Prayer, and it says, you know, your kingdom come, your will, what? Be done. Exactly. I mean, God wants us to do his will. It doesn't say, your, you know, your kingdom come, my will be done. But that's the way it is now, because uh, the, uh, you know, the Trinity in, in our society today isn't the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's me, myself, and I. And that, that's sad, man, because it's not about us. It's about him, giving the glory to him and the leadership that he does. And this is great because you're part of a kingdom at that point where that cannot be shaken. You know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're working toward that relationship, that relationship will not be shaken. You know, you're in the book, you're in the Lamb's book of life. You're there. I mean, that's always the one thing that you can hold steadfast on. Other things in your life may come and go. Things may happen, trials and tribulations. You know, Barry said it, he said it one day, and it was so eloquently, man, it was like, you know, we weren't built for comfort. We were built for trials and tribulations. And so, you know, when you have something steadfast to hold on to, it, it's, 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 it just carries you through those times. So be ready. He'll shake you loose from anything that's not part of his kingdom. Mm. Stephen Harrell, not having a restored relationship. He's going to shake me now. He's going to shake me and I'll make something happen. Either I, <laughs> I mean, so I ain't going to be hard-headed. I'm going to go on and tell you. We're going to, uh, and, and the restoration that's going on in Kylie's heart as well. So when your world is shaking, it says, serve God acceptably with reverence and all. And why? Why do we do this? Because God is a consuming fire. You know, back in the old days, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, it talked about, you know, an animal would be sacrificed and uh, the fire would be stoked and the carcass would be put on there and that fire was so consuming that it would just, just take everything. I mean, just burn it all up. Bones, it was, it was a total, total sacrifice that was, that was a positive intent on, hey, God, we love you in doing that. So, you know, to understand that and to, and, to, and to break loose of those chains. And we all have chains, guys. If you think you don't, you're, you're kidding yourself, man. I mean, those at home, I, I know, you know we tend to forget because we'll bury those things. God's going to bring restoration to that. You know, and I, in the Bible it talks about, you know, the farmer that's plowing. And you, once you ask forgiveness, what does it say? You can't turn around and look back. You can't look back. Because if you look back, can you plow a straight line? No, because the, uh, the, the mules or the donkeys, they have the stuff on. So they're going to they're gonna follow whichever way you're pulling. So in order to... In order to make a straight line, in order to keep your life on a path to Jesus, to God, you got to keep your eyes forward. 
But when stuff happens, you can't keep looking back. You got to be there. You know, and, and, and the thing about God as a consuming fire, I think about, I think about every morning. I can't say every morning because sometimes I send my stuff to the dry cleaners. But when I get ready to iron my pants or iron a shirt, you know, that heat from that iron kind of kind of steams out my clothes. You kind of feel good, you know, when you're walking in. You don't look like you've uh, been drugged behind a truck on the way to work. And, uh, but, you know, God is going to put some fire. God's going to put some heat on us. And just like a pair of clothes, he wants to wear you. He wants you to be the vessel. He wants to be inside of you. and He wants that heat to get all the wrinkles out. He wants that fire to get all the wrinkles out of anything that you have inside of you, anything that could be holding you back. Because, you know, when it comes time to run the race, you're not looking back in that. You're able to run that race. You're able to do the things that God wants you to do. And I just challenge you guys with that. And uh, As we get ready to close out here, I, this week, man, a, a, a song that I've heard for, it's been out for a while. It hasn't been, it hasn't been, uh, something that's just a new release, but I want you guys to just close your eyes and I want you to clear your thoughts. And, and I, I asked Lynn when he played this song, and we're going to start it in just a second. And I want you just to focus on the words of this song. It's by Matthew West. It's called The Motions. In other words, how we can go through life and we're just going through the motions. We're just doing that. But what he says, ah, oh, it gives me chills. It just—I mean—it punched me in the mouth this week, and I, when I when I heard, it, I thought I would listen to this song. No, many times, hundreds of times, and never has it meant what it meant this week to me. And I just wanted you to share that with you guys, and then uh, then I'll pray, and we'll we'll have our closing closing song. Close your eyes, most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord. We don't want to go through the motions, Lord. We do not want to go through the motions, Lord. We want to be, we don't want to look back and say what we could have done, Father God, or, or what we should have done, Father God, Lord. We know that you're an all-consuming fire, Lord, and we want you, we want to be full of you, Lord, and a greatness, Lord, to be able to do what you ask us to do, Lord. Let us not look back, but Father God, as we take our steps forward today and go out of this church, and those that are watching at home, Father God, Lord, as you take your next step, don't, don't look back. Don't, be, don't, don't have regrets. But Father God, just allow us to be consumed by you and your righteousness and your holy and your mercy, Lord. And Father God, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you for all that you do for us each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.